There we go. Uh, pin to the profile. Grand. That's done. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? <laughs> um, it says you're live, but it's not actually telling me things. Oh, you can hear me now. You've had 23 seconds of me, apparently. Uh, good. Good. Uh, there's one other thing I need to do, which is uh, probably going to... Oh, no. Good. Oh, I got away with that. Oh, crikey. <sighs> all I've got is water with me today. I reckon if I had alcohol, um, I would drink it all quite quickly, which would be bad. So obviously I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is desperately grab... Where is it? Do, 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 do. That is what I want. I would like... Oh, golly. There's so many things in this folder. Uh, that's what I want. Good. Excellent. I want that. Uh, and to put it here. Hello, everyone. How are you all? Are you there? Can you hear me? Hi. Uh, oh, right, wait a minute, you're going to see, oh, no, I can do, I can go big face, hello, 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 everyone, um, I'm using big face, so I can actually do some copy pasting and open a PDF, um, yes, good, I might look a bit frazzled, uh, because I am frazzled, <laughs> oh, did anyone there watch uh, yesterday's stream, uh, I did a stream with, um, oh, I, I can only remember his handle, what, I, I can't remember his handle. Anyway, it was a good stream, and I linked it, and you should go and watch it. It's in my guest appearances uh, playlist on YouTube. It's very good. Um, let's go. There is a bit of news. How are you all? Uh, drunk rail matter could be fun. Yes, everyone's here. Uh, it's all happening. Let's let's crack on. It's going to be a busy one tonight. So get rid of my face. Oh, you don't want to see that. Let's go back to big face. You want to see this, and then go back to my face. Yes. Oh, so... Um, Oh, if I do this, it should be... There we go. It should be doing this. There we are. Why don't I limit myself to a dram? No, I might just consume some water. We're here to talk about the integrated rail plan. In fact, we're not here to talk about it. Well, we are here to talk about it. We're here to talk about it and also work our way through. It's a classic page turn. Uh, here he is, looking panicked. Nasty piece of work. Uh, if anyone here is thinking this is going to be non-partisan, well, it is. But I'm afraid you can't pull the politics out of the reality. Politics taints everything, right? Um, and given this government has just rushed through several horrific, massively impactful bills in the space, you know, about eight hugely damaging bills in the space of about a week and a half, um, yeah, at what point do we say that they're not incompetent, they are actively callous and seeking the worst for the country? Anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about the news. Um <sighs> Yeah, here we go again, or rather, hurt we go again, because it started again. There's another rapid transit system that's just a bus. Hertfordshire is getting in on the action. The Hertfordshire and Essex rapid transit system. Uh, and here it is. Look, it's a bus. In fact, this one's even funnier because this one literally appears to be floating, floating in midair. So um, it's designed with you in mind and transforms. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, this is obviously a screen cap from a video. But uh, yeah, it's it's just a bus, as you can see, somehow magically floating along. It's got a little green sort of uh, shooty thing coming out the back. That's good. Oh, actually, you know what I need to do? I need to change my live screen and go to properties and make my cursor captured because you're going to need that while we're going through the PDF, aren't we? Anyway, I digress. So um, yeah, there it is. It's another gadget ban. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, who knows? So that's happening. So if anyone knows anyone who's involved in this, any councillors on this, send them my Cambridgeshire Autonomous Metro piece on Medium. Send Just send them that and, and remind them that this is nonsense. Either they should be investing in better buses or they should, well, and or they can be investing in getting rid of inner city parking and or 
traffic calming measures and or better cycling infrastructure. Once they've done all those things, then they could start thinking about having trams, proper trams. Anything short of that, uh, if you if it's got the word autonomous in it, if it it's a, if it's a fancy fancy bus, uh, then it's likely to be total uh, cod wallop. Amazing. Uh, oh yeah, Bombardier, poor old Bombardier, Bombardier's woes. Um, yeah, not going so well for Bombardier at the moment. I mean, the Bombardier's trains. Let me just do. Let me do this. Uh, Bombardier's trains have for a very long time been renowned with being very, very bad at uh, their their control software is not great. Anyone who is from Bombardier, this is, does not reflect poorly on the people who are on the shop floor generally and, and constructing these trains. They're great trains. But there is a cultural issue within Bombardier um, uh, and whether it was inherited from the previous organisations, whether it was indeed inherited from managers who were there from, you know, Brel days. But the... Um, these trains are renowned across the train manufacturing industry for being really bad, and indeed train operations and maintenance and train operators are being really bad, having really bad train control software. And indeed, that train control software being the source of a lot of the problems with the delays of bringing these trains into use. Now, um, in this case, Crossrail. Crossrail's a significant proportion of Crossrail's delays are attributable directly to the the 345 and its uh, and its uh, train control system the software on the train um and uh oh yes Alexander Veach pointing out that um Urbe Bay are also especially pissed off with Bombardier at the moment so it's not just the UK yeah the, these these train control software folks it's very important you don't have if if you haven't got a good train control system it's scrap iron it might look like a train it might be very shiny you might even be able to push it back and forth forwards with a shunter but it's not a it's scrap iron unless the train control system works particularly when you've got complex signaling through somewhere like the, the crossrail core and this is an extract from some of the tfl reports uh stating how the they're having to you know serious problems with the train is resulting in them having to split the way that they they trial and test it so Anywho, um, so that's Bombardier, right? Poor old Bombardier. Uh, the project that never existed has been cancelled. It's been cancelled, everyone. The Northern Ireland to Scotland bridge that was never a bridge, that was never a tunnel, that was always nonsense, um, has been cancelled. Yeah, it's been cancelled. It's it's gone. Uh, it was never. It never existed in the first place. Can you cancel something that didn't exist in the first place? I don't know, but it was a project that never existed, and it has now. It, it also now continues to not exist. What else? Uh, West Wales Railways. Yes. Um, the, 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 so here we are. The, 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 the Plied, Plied Labour Cooperation Agreement as part of the, the, the Welsh Government. Um, they're looking at development of North South Wales Railway. Well, actually, this is a little bit of an extrapolation. They are looking at expanding the railways, so, so connecting the railways down from Bangor to Carnarvon and to Port Madoc. Um, and that makes sense. Do that. That's a good idea. But as we've established in previous rail natters, in rail natter canon, um, the route to have a long distance railway from through Wales, uh, north south, is in fact not down the coast. It's very much along the the, the Welsh English border. Um, we, we've, we we established this with with science. It is irrefutable, and it makes it, it makes obvious sense as soon as you look at the the population map of Wales and where all the populations are. You know, the population centres are. Uh, you need that railway to be going up the, up the, up the, not up the coast, the other side of Wales. So anyway, uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Go and have a Google of that. It's quite interesting stuff going on um, in Wales to kind of briefly divert you from the woe of what's happening out of Westminster. What else? 
Oh, yeah, TFN have been cancelled. Everything's getting cancelled. TFN have been cancelled by... Um, by Whitehall and by Westminster. Actually, it's really ministerial. It's, it, this, is, this is something that's come through from government. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Westminster have since, certainly since Boris took the, this current administration, the current version of the Conservative government uh, arrived, they hated anything to do with devolution. They're going full blast Thatcher, Blair centralisation um, and they are desperate to just kill off, Northern pa- uh, kill off uh, Transport for the North. They were obviously very unhappy after Transport for the North uh bluntly called them out for what we're about to talk about in the rest of this episode so um yes this this is just um yeah this is bad folks this is ripping away local democracy that has been fought fought hard for um tfn should be getting more power not having its powers stripped away but there we are um and and on that theme uh let's talk about the department for transport's plans for decarbonizing transport a better, greener Britain. Oh dear. And on that note, let's get cracking with tonight's rail natter. Oh, you know what though? I mean, yes, we need to do that, but also I need to write episode 89, uh, the integrated rail plan. Uh, there we are, a page. This is this is how professional um, uh, the integrated rail plan that's right we are editing on the hoof everything is fine don't worry about it we're good uh let's go (laughs) it's fine There's the lovely Institute 225 fading away. That's nice, isn't it? Very nice. So, um, yeah, that's right. Restart the song, but replace it with um, with with uh, Oh Fortuna. Yeah, no, no I'm going to stick with. We need we need we need to perk up, and and the perk up is being provided by um, the lovely bassoon and piano work. Uh, before we crack on, let's listen to uh, what is probably a career highlight, which is, to all intents and purposes, me calling the Prime Minister a liar live on BBC Radio 4's World at One. Uh, have a little listen to this, and, 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 and it'll kind of taint, you know, can I provide evidence to back up these uh, wild assertions? Let's, let, let's try. You know, right. So actually, what government are proposing will end up creating but, a railway that's right. worse than it is today. OK, so, um, so and the whole point of what you're talking about is to increase capacity. But when um, the Prime Minister was asked about this, uh, suggesting he was breaking his po- promises on connection, he described it as total rubbish. And he said, because we are doubling capacity between Manchester and Leeds, we're trebling capacity between Liverpool and Manchester. How do you explain so, how they say that? Um, I have to be honest. I have no evidence that they are speaking anything other than a mistruth when they say that, because it just doesn't work. You know, timetabling does not allow you to increase speeds on so the existing So many double network. negatives. You don't, you can't see how he could positively say that. It, it's just fiction. <laughs> I don't know where they've got those numbers from. It's not possible to time. As I've explained there, hopefully reasonably clearly, you can't mm. have faster journey times as well as serving local stations more frequently which is where you get the capacity uplift. You can't do both. You just cannot do both on the same lines. Gareth Dennis, thanks very much for talking us through that. So, uh, yeah, uh, me and Sarah Montague having a nice chat. 
Well, by the way, I found out Sarah Montague already. It's just people. I mean, people could, I suppose, find this out. Sarah Montague follows me on Twitter and apparently has done for a while. So uh, that's cool. Anyway, um, that immediately, as soon as I was told that, uh, I basically had a massive fanboy moment because, you know. Anyway, uh, hello to everyone in chat. Hello, Dr. DT. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. So that's that's that. And, uh, but how can I say that? You know, they've made these grand claims. And as we'll see, they make the claims repeatedly through the document. But how can they make those claims? Why are they making those claims? What is the document on about? Before we do that, let's just remind ourselves what the real betrayal was. It's the cancellation, fundamentally, the cancellation of the Eastern Lake of HS2 and the cancellation of, to all intents and purposes, the cancellation of, uh, of the new Transpennine high-speed line as well. They're gone. So that's what those are. Um, let's also talk about the key players in this because it's important for us to understand who is behind this document and, and why it's happening and what the power plays are, what power plays are going on for this document to be created in the way that it is. Um, so, blank screen. Oh, let's get my miniaturized face up in the corner, shall we? Hello, everyone, I'm here. So, firstly, the most powerful person in the room uh, it's it's Rishi Sunak. Yeah, here he is, looking like a posh boy. Ugh. Um, he's a billionaire, isn't he? Anyway, Rishi Sunak. He has all the power because he is the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Uh, Boris Johnson isn't intelligent enough to hold any sway over a, a, a ministry as powerful as the as, as the Treasury. So Sunak is the most powerful man in the room. Um, scary, um, and that should explain to everyone why the report has been structured the way it is. The second most powerful man in the room is Andrew Gilligan. Here he is. Um, a dodgy dossier Gillian, Gilligan here. Um, nasty piece of work. Uh, has, you know, writer for The Spectator. He's like, what, the, the fash policy working whatever group. He's just a nasty piece of work. Yes, okay, I know he does nice things for cycling and he's had some teeth against local authorities about their cycling infrastructure, but... Um, don't let one good thing taint a man whose career is uh, just rotten from top to bottom. Gilligan is the author of the Integrated Rail Plan. He's basically the one who who, who wrote many of the paragraphs within it. Um, it's his document. It does what he wants it to do, which is, as you could trace back through anything that he's written about HS2, he hates HS2, and he's very pleased that he's now managed to kill off the bit of it that um, he liked the least, probably because it was the most useful bit as we know from last week. Uh, who else? Uh, who's missing from here? Oh, yeah, the Prime Minister. Here he is. Boris Johnson, looking stressed out. Uh, a moron, obviously, but also um, someone who has a lot of powerful people around him and uh, has absolutely no fear of lying, absolutely no shame, and that makes him very useful to a lot of people. So there's Johnson, who is the third most powerful man in the room. And to be honest, the man I'm about to make up here is not the fourth most powerful man in the room. He's way down the list, but I thought I'd put him on anyway. Uh, here's Grant Shapps, looking a bit disheveled in the corner next to his lovely flags that he seems to be completely obsessed with. Uh, so these are the four men who you could say are broadly responsible for the document we're about to look at. Why have I brought them up? Because it's relevant for us to understand who the who is vying for power, which is why this document has ended up looking like it, it has. Um, so yeah, we've got the departments. Obviously, there's there's little tre little little department for transport there, dominated by treasury. The department for transport has basically had a, a very little, if any, input into this document meaningfully. Um, they might well have have, have kind of uh, it might well be within their share point, but it's not. Um, it's let's face it, they have had no sway in what the document should say. It's all been driven by treasury. Um, and to an extent, the National Infrastructure Commission, who, as we know, are part of Treasury, because this whole document cribs from, as we as we talked about last week, it cribs from the Rail Needs Assessment from February 2020. Um, and if you remember, given that it relies heavily on the conclusions of that document, it is a deeply, that document is fundamentally flawed. It has a 
desperate error within it, which is the one-to-one. -one, let's get the old, um, uh, here it is. It's the one-to-one. -one, let's get the pen up, in fact. Where, where, let's, let's scribble. This bit, the one-to-one. -one. This is the problem with the rail needs assessment because the one-to-one, -one, so the, the idea that one long-distance capacity releases the same amount of commuter capacity, one-to-one, -one, is false. Like it, it's, it's way too conservative. Even the very conservative HS2 estimates estimate that as one-to-two-to-three. Uh, so, so kind of double or triple that level of release capacity. So that fundamentally breaks the original report, and so you know it, it fundamentally breaks the integrated rail plan. Um, yeah, big problems. Anyway, right. So let's uh, let's let's not let's 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 get on with things, shall we? So right. Now that meant you know th th that meant that the of, of all the plans that the the rail needs assessment went for, the government went for the cheapest one. Uh, of all of these, because it's Treasury, uh, which is the prioritizing regional links plus 25%. Actually, they even scale back from that. But that's broadly what they're talking about delivering, um, uh, basically. So it's that you'll see the map down here. This this one here uh, down here is uh, the first one on, on screen. You'll see this is very similar to the maps that we're going to bring up late, later. Uh, this is very much what is going to what's been proposed, which is the which was. I was talking about this one being a problem. You know, the, the, the long distance links plus 50% didn't deliver enough. But this uh, is is just dismal. Nothing. Anyway, right. Enough of that. Let's talk about the plan. Let's get the plan up. Oh, don't worry. I'm not going to be doing for everyone who's yeah colorblindness. No, there's not going to be any pen now because we're going to be flipping to the PDF. Um, here we are. Uh, in fact, uh, go. Uh, yep. Yeah, control L. No. Dip, dip, dip. Oh god, that took ages. Now go. Control L. There. Fine. Good. <laughs> First interesting thing we want to talk about is go down here. Uh, ver what's it? Da, 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 da. Version thirteen combined. Okay, fine. So you know that's not necessarily crazy. What's more fun is that this document was finalised at six forty-one a.m. on the eighteenth of November. Um, that was an, that was some people pulling an all-nighter. Uh, there. I presume probably the only thing the DFT will have done is all the horrible hard work document stuff. So all the stuff that's actually horrible and stresses you out, uh, and indeed probably creating a load of. Um, creating a load of fictional nonsense uh, or like ostensibly stuff that isn't fictional nonsense to kind of vaguely attempt to back up all the nonsense that Gilligan was coming out with. Poor DFT will have had to do all that. So uh, to be honest, DFT are not the enemy here. Uh, they've been dragged along screaming and kicking uh, with uh, having had the project that they've been supporting and, and having as part of their plan, if ever there was a plan, uh, ripped away from them. Anyway, the integrated rail plan for the North and Midlands. It's worth saying, before we crack on with this, it's already 19 minutes past 19. It's worth saying, a lot of people are getting upset that this document didn't include stuff for their particular region. Oh, there's nothing for Wales. Oh, there's nothing for the southeast. Uh, there's nothing for the southwest. Oh, there's nothing for Scotland. Oh, there's nothing for, um, you know, X, Y, Z. This document was not about that. That is what the whole industry strategic plan should be saying, which will be coming out in, uh, let's face it, spring 23 at the earliest. This document was just about, well, frankly, this document was just about cancelling the Eastern Lake of HS2 and cancelling NPR. But this document was ostensibly about pinning, uh, tying HS2 and, and the new line across the Pennines together in, and into the existing network. That was supposedly what this document was. So um, that stuff about, oh, there's nothing in the Southwest is not the betrayal. That's just that that's not what this document is for. So don't get carried away or, or shouty about what these things are. What's the station top right? Uh, what is that? That looks like Nottingham to me. Is that Nottingham? Is that Nottingham uh, Midland? I think that's what it is. Anyway. Blue. Lovely. Integrate rail plan presented by Secretary of State for Transport. Was it hell? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Great mint. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Fine, right. So we're going to go through this. Now, I've been through most of this. I've been through up to 
northern part i've been up to through to up, up to about this point here highlighting thing i wanted to be a little bit sharper i wanted to try and keep it within the hour and i wanted to be kind of a bit more focused about um uh targeting my ire and i got about this far highlighting things that are either not true or worthy of, of interest and worthy of discussion um so we'll then so, so basically we'll be improvising beyond that point so so for the north pass rail midlands rail hub freight uh phasing and then delivery and then conclusion and end notes we'll, we'll oh, not the end notes screw the end notes but we'll kind of go through all this um that that will be kind of improvised, but up to that point, I, it, there's going to be yellow highlighting, which will be speeding things up. So I'm not going to read through the whole thing from cover to cover. Um, we're going to pick through the things that um, that are wrong with it, and, and and sort of the development of the plan I've covered. So I've gone through that and captured that, and I, I've highlighted some of the things that are just false within it. Um. Oh, so uh, let me see. Uh, Gregor's, did I intentionally download a version with print cutting marks? I always go for the print cutting marks because you never know what you might reveal by things like. Uh, the time that it was outputted or the document name so i always go for that version for to understand kind of uh anything you know any anything under any subterfuge that might have been going on so uh yeah um helpful uh that's does that answer your uh, question greg uh, uh anyone wants to ask me questions at me in i shall i shall grab your uh grab your queries well, there's nearly 200 of you watching just now hello 200 people right let's get on with it first of all uh the ultimate straw man boris johnson so we're going to go through and look at the lies that he has come up with uh, here. Uh, and this, these themes will continue through. So I'm not going to necessarily dwell on them here. We're going to go into the, pick into the detail why they're wrong later on. Um, for starters, he's saying we're building three new high-speed lines. Well, by the, by the European definition, that might be correct because the European high-speed lines often are just little segments. But he is not connecting. He is not, he is not building. He is building part of hs2 and he is building a very very small part indeed some of which is 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 kind of um abortive a very small part of transpennine high-speed rail three new high-speed lines is is spin and it's deliberately um it, it's it's trying to basically this bit it, it's to feed into this thing that he was saying keeping my promise to build it between leeds and manchester he is literally literally not building a new line between Leeds and Manchester. He is building a new line between Manchester and Marston, which is on the West Yorkshire border. Uh, Marston being the Yorkshire end of Standedge Tunnels. So I presume they're going to reuse some of Standedge Tunnels, which means that I don't think they'll bore a new tunnel. I think what they'll do is um, they'll reinstate traffic, possibly even single directional, you know, by die line in one of the former bores. The old bores. There, there are several bores at Standedge, only one of which is now used. Uh, there are four two i think that's right they're two smaller ones and then there's the double track one um yeah i think he'll reinstate the, the line three i think he'll re reinstate the tracks on the, on the other tunnel and then use the current tunnel as the upgrade one um i think that's probably what will happen and by the fact that they electrify it they'll claim that's also high speed so i think actually the high speed line will be ending the other side of um of standage tunnel so it won't be ending in marston so actually it won't even be reaching yorkshire but they knew that they needed to reach yorkshire because that's an important line for them to to claim extending npr to liverpool york to tees valley newcastle no well this is the problem okay for starters this is the problem with calling something such a stupid fucking name don't call things stupid names like NPR because then anyone can claim anything as NPR. It's like why this comes back to why I think it's important to not misname things as Metro. There might be swears uh, tonight, by the way. If that upsets you, then 
you're in the wrong uh, you're in the wrong place it's i'm going to keep i'm going to be keep my cool i'm sure you'll expect uh, accept that this however it might be an enraging process for lots of us including those of you in the chat um so npr which is what this is what we're saying is the high speed transpennine line is not being extended to liverpool or york or the Tees valley newcastle so you know lies it fully electrifies what, what what's this got to do with fully electrifying anything why is that any of this anything to do with fully full electrification um also that's a lie because it's not fully electrifying the middle main line it is not fully electrifying the line um right the way up to to its end it's just electrifying bits of it that seem convenient um talking about upgrades to the east coast main line uh it's talking about track improvements I mean, we ignore the fact that this this document is riddled with typos, by the way. Track improvements, higher speeds, and digital signals slash journey times. Well, okay, well, we're going to talk about why that's problematic. And then it says, oh, doubles or trebles capacity. And they, they knew the capacity argument would come up, partly because I, personally, I have banged that drum hard enough that people talk about, oh, it's not about speed, it's about capacity now. Um, that has sufficiently, is sufficiently part of the discussion that they knew they'd need to talk about capacity. But of course, as we'll find out, they are not talking about the capacity I'm talking about. They're talking about long-distance capacity, which, okay, fine, great, wonderful, we're increasing long-distance capacity. And as you'll see in some graphs later, by a sub like a significant proportion less than HS2 would have if delivered in full. But they're talking about end-to-end -end capacity. They're not talking about capacity on the intermediate stations at all. Anyway, right, there he is. What else is he saying? He's saying the old plan's got the balance wrong. They focus too much on showpiece high-speed links, which is bollocks. As we know, the whole point of the high-speed is that you release capacity for more uh, trains on it for intermediate stations and, and, and local services. They focus too little on local services, as I'll remind everyone. HS2 is a revolution in, in, in local services. That's the whole point. Uh, protect and improve services on the existing line. This is a lie. This is a downright lie as a result of a humongous level of ignorance of how railways work. They will not deliver what they are claiming in here without decimating services through local stations. Decimating them. Um, we commit today to building a mass transit system for Leeds and West Yorkshire. No, they don't. They don't. You go through the small print of this document and the end notes, it's quite clear that they are. It's subject to further study. And in fact, even the money they've committed to the study to develop West Yorkshire mass transit, half that money is for working out how to get HS2 into, MP, uh, how to get high-speed trains into Leeds state, city, state, uh, city centre. So, lies. Beyond 2025, because we're spending less than we planned on high-speed rail, there'll be more money for all these things. Also a lie. That's not how economics works, folks. That's not how finances work for a national government. There is not a credit card. There is no limit on how much you can spend. <sighs> how are we doing? What else is he saying? Leveling up means delivering that bus. Right? Just highlighted that because uh, it was such a bizarre sentence. This is talking about the fact that, oh, it's going to have high-speed trains going through at 200 miles an hour without stopping when what they really wanted was a decent bus service. Why is, why is a high-speed line stopping stopping better buses? What are you on about? You fruit loop? Um, here we are. Uh, this is complaining about uh, the fact that spending billions of pounds on a new rail link to the East Midlands that didn't directly serve any of the region's three main cities. See also last week's episode. Um... Right, so we'll finish Boris, and then I'm going to go through some questions. Billions upgrading the... Here we are. So TFN's preferred option for Northern Pass Rail would also have seen us spend billions upgrading the conventional line between Leeds and Manchester, and then tens of billions more straight afterwards building a second line between the two, the same two places. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. 
because then you get the the the, the, lim the line is so limited currently between Leeds and Manchester that you can't run a decent service through it. So you need that upgrade to upgrade that. That was part of the reason why there was a justification for the fact that H2 takes long is because you do get some of the benefits from Transpennine route upgrade that you then just the dishonesty is horrific. Under those plans, many places on the existing mainline, such as Doncaster, Huddersfield, Wakefield and Leicester would have seen little improvement or worsening in their services. Not true. What they're referring to is potential end-to-end -end journey times might not have been as as good if you didn't account for the fact that trains would have been more frequent and there would have been a chance to improve local services. So again, very misleading. Um, there was nothing directly for wider improvements to local transport. Again, fundamental misunderstanding of how HS2 works. COVID-19 has altered some of the assumptions on which these schemes were designed. Well, I, I suppose to an extent that's, that's uh, true, but oh, it's only increased and reinforced the need for us to improve uh local provision uh you know and it does not it doesn't make any difference to the to the, the impact of climate change and us needing to get more people onto onto rail <sighs> um those who say these things are in effect condemning the north and these midlands to get nothing for 10 years or more uh da -da 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 -da. oh they're basically saying some have demanded that we rigidly stick to the old plans however long they take however much they cost and whoever they leave behind why are you adding whoever they, who are they leaving behind why are you adding that um Spin, spin, spin. Some, pre some have preemptively denounced any departure from those plans as a betrayal of levelling up. It is. But those who say these things are in effect condemning the North and the East Midlands to get nothing for 10 years or more. Why, why are they doing that? Who, who said that? There are so many different things that need to be delivered before HS2 was like, do all of those things as well. No one said it was either or. Our planning delivers high-speed journeys, but also helps place on the existing lines. No, it doesn't. It fundamentally does not. Uh, it creates the capacity the rail network needs in a way that can be delivered. No, it doesn't, as we're about to go into in great detail. This is just the forward. I'm not going to go into the detail yet. Don't worry. It brings benefits up to 10 years. Uh, and crucially, it brings benefit up to 10 years sooner. They even got typos within Boris's pre-nonsense ramble. Um, no, it doesn't. As we'll get to when we get to staging, you'll see that that's also not true. Um, so let's uh, hop up here to. Uh, so we've got some questions. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Agolt, uh, Glenn Agolt is saying, uh, which bits of the middle main line actually get knitting? Theoretically, according to this plan, it's all the bits that go up to, they're going to take the, they are going to knit up to Sheffield. So Cora, isn't long distance train usage returning heaviest unless most in need for more capacity? Yes, uh, very true. Um, and as you'll see, the capacity increases delivered by not, it, not the full HS2 are significantly lower than will be delivered by HS2 with the added disbenefit that they are obliterating local capacity. Uh, do, 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 Dave, this question, uh, the question is, will people care about local stations? Doesn't this just feed into people's current views that the railways are for a one-off, uh, one-off for a longer trip? Well, indeed. Uh, does he, Matt Reed asks if he mentions anything about Peppa Pig, not in here. Uh, Socorro, how much of those local plans were actually approved though? Well, indeed, but that's not, at the expect that's not HS2's, that's not the problem with HS2 as a project. It's the problem with the incompetence, callousness, intransigence, and, um, bitter opposition to investing any money, money that Treasury has. That's a Treasury problem. Um, Gregor's uh, promise this new plan is better than what would result from incompetent utilisation of the old plan. Um, I don't quite know what, what point you're making. Uh, is that knit one, pearl one? Oh, well, yeah. Uh, can I lay the phrase high-speed buy mode into existence? No, please don't, Richard. Let's, let's not do that. Right, okay, let's crack on. So here we are. We will build three new high-speed lines. I'm going to whiz through the executive summary because it's just like it's there's lots of blah and it's going to be repeated. But it's worth pointing out that this is this document is very much building on the National Infrastructure Commission's Rail Needs Assessment Report. If you remember how much government said they weren't going to do what that said, you remember government like screen blue murder. 
that that they were not going that they were going oh we're not cancelling eastern lake oh we're not cancelling no pass rail which is of course what they've done right so i just want to point out inverted commas previous proposals they're just lying they're just knitting fog here because they're relying on ignoring the fact that there was a costed sensible massive regional infrastructure plan rail infrastructure plan for the east midlands that means that the previous proposals would not have been 83 minutes from london to nottingham they would have been 64 minutes they would not have been 83 minutes to derby they would have been 70 minutes because you'd have had the hub station and you'd have had a shuttle service a metro shuttle service running into it and yes those are not you know it's not as good as you're going to get as the the direct service times now according to what they're going to kind of provide but the point is that it would have allowed you to free up Derby, uh, massive, fr massively free up Derby station throw from from long distance services. Likewise, Nottingham massively in the case of Nottingham. Um, these proposals are going to seize up station th both those uh, southern uh, throats of those stations. Actually, in the case of Nottingham, it's the northern throat. It's the you know the, the western throat of Nottingham station. Um, it's and it's all okay. So it's worth also going. Um, in the case of where are we? These these uh, services. So Birmingham Leeds, Birmingham York, Birmingham Darlington, Birmingham Newcastle are all going via the new the, the new line over the Pennines, which is going to even more. So all those services are doing that. It's going to seize up the the Trans Pennine route even more. Oh my goodness me! Right. So this goes through each of these big paragraph chunky sections are are lies. So saying it's going to double treble capacity, as we've discussed on existing lines, maybe, but um not uh, sorry on for, for the fast services maybe but uh that's not the be all and end and also it's based on like train lengthening and a lot of other stuff that that's kind of dubious validity anyway reliability is bollocks like they're gonna this is gonna blitz reliability on the existing network because the whole point is you're gonna be doing everything on the existing network which we know is problematic capacity will be aligned with an ambitious view of potential future demand bollocks absolute bollocks like if you were decimate at the moment Capacity on local stations can be measured in the hundreds, right? On on, on across the East Midlands and the North, you know, uh, Belper two hundred and fifty, Marsden's about four hundred, maybe uh, an hour passengers, an hour towards the nearest major centre, so one direction four hundred. Whereas the, you're talking about an order of magnitude, two orders of magnitude difference in London, which is what the potential is. So you you, you know, Thameslink is forty thousand passengers per hour per direction. Yes, you're not going to get those levels through some of these local stations, but you could be talking about not not like a little you know double you know twice the number of trains eight goes from 400 to 800 say in marsden we should be talking about 10 times the number of passengers you should be talking about like eight car trains or even six car trains but them calling every five to ten minutes to provide to actually turn these into proper uh suburban high density routes so this is just lo absolute nonsense uh it's saying oh yeah directing more funding to places we need more local journeys in around a bit but it's not true you're blocking those stations up with these long distance services benefits will come up to 10 years sooner that's a lie um i love that they've kept 10 in square brackets that's clearly a thing they meant to double check before they printed it but anyway um benefits will come up to uh check this years sooner that's because if we go to the end of the document which we will soon you'll see that that's not true the benefits of the, this plan only concludes in the mid 2040s Economic development will accelerate, including at Tota. No, this is not true because you're not going to be uh, providing... They're, they're proposing to just do everything that's already kind of been proposed on the existing network, so I don't see how that accelerates development whilst cutting a huge investment in skills in the form of Eastern Leg and new high-speed uh, uh, tracks across the Pennines. Plus, this idea they're doing anything at Toton, it's a match-funded, private-sector-invested station now. They've converted the new... What was the high-speed hub? 
at Total Interchange is now going to just become a local station that they're expecting pretty much for private sec the private sector to fund it, which we know never works. So that's just not happening. Value for money is similar to or better than previous plans. Well, in a way, that's true. But as we know, HS2's main benefits are not modeled in the in the value for money assessments in the business case, which is release capacity in the existing network. So that's not true. Trains will run to the places people want to go. End-to-end -end stations in city centers is not where most people want to be going. They want the intermediate stations. The intermediate stations, all the little stations are where people live and want to get to and from. Oh, my goodness. Improvements to local services most people use. No, again, they're not there isn't as we'll see later they're just they're referring to their idea of local is actually like the transpennine services that maybe call it huddersfield and honestly the the, the the these big chunky statements that they've got in the executives are all based on just a fundamental lack of understanding of the way the railway network works um, and a very blinkered london view of the way that the railway network is outside of um, outside of the m25 as well High-speed services will be integrated with improved pu local public transport networks linking farmer people. No, 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 not true, because they've just cancelled. They, they're cancelling all of the local transport up ne uh, network upgrades that were happening uh, at Total Interchange have all been scrapped. All the, the new metro services, all that stuff that we talked about last week, all gone. We'll create transform transformational improvements of scale. No, no you won't, because you just cancelled major projects. And you're excluding leads from that 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 pan national connectivity. So how's that true? And you're getting rid of all the you're getting rid. Fundamentally, the thing that make big cities work is when they have really good urban transport networks. This is obliterating the chance of those existing in a lot of northern and midland cities. <sighs> Schemes are more deliverable. Are they hell? Have you ever d thirty years of weekend upgrades to deliver what they're proposing on the East Coast Main Line? What? No. They're not more deliverable. Have you any idea what doing major infrastructure upgrades on? Just look to West Coast route modernization. It was catastrophically late, delayed, and over and, and over budget. Good grief. Greater environmental benefits is bollocks because, as we know, we're not releasing that that huge leap in capacity in the existing network that would enable rail to become an alternative to the car. It's just not happening as part of these proposals. And uh, we'll avoid disadvantaging existing transport users. Well, there they're talking about, actually, they're referring to motorways there. So in a way, they're, yeah, they're not going to dig up some motorways. Oh, wonderful. But actually, this is going to have a, tr a frightening impact on the existing railway network because it's all going to be on the existing railway network. So again, why, how, can they, how can they say that? There'll be significantly less disruption to communities. What? Oh, yeah, because you're not building the new lines. Here's Gilligan getting his NIMBY hat on. And also, we're not, we're not going to impact on these roads. Look at these roads they've got here. Look at these roads. They're not going to impact on these roads. Hooray. <sighs> Breathe. And then the, the, we're going to learn lessons from previous projects. Um, commitments will be made to only progress individual schemes up to the next stage of development. So what they're doing is all the, all the advice, which is, no, no, have a long-term strategy and then deliver to that long-term strategy so that the industry can understand what size it needs to be, so it can deliver the work it needs to, can deliver everything cost-effectively. No, we're not going to learn from that. What we're going to do instead is cut those projects and deliver everything in a very short-term way. So this is the last great, the last bastion of like potential long-term strategy that government has, has just has been scrapped off, you know. So let's get stuck into the, into the, into the mess of this. Uh, this is introduction stuff. And there's some stuff in this that shows, like, there's worth kind of noticing some stuff that shows fundamental lack of understanding. So what have we got here? Da 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 da. Real, real network changing. Yada yada. Lots of fluff. Um, but we've got here. This this is um, today. Today we're creating new timetables and developing infrastructure improvements, but with poor reliability and the serious service challenges in places such as Central Manchester, there is much more to do. Yeah, why is that? Oh yeah, it's because 
you've cancelled the most important part of the upgrades in central Manchester, the old Northern Hub project. You built the shiny bridge. You didn't do the actual upgrades that you needed. And this project, and the projects in here, you know, Castlefield Corridor is not mentioned at all within this report. There is no, other than here, there are no plans to, up, to improve that. So you're still leaving serious service challenges. Government is already reforming high railways, blah, 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 blah. Right, the reason I picked this out is because the next thing that, that is theoretically 30-year strategy of what the railway should look like, and it should be a map of what the rail network should look like in 30 years with all the projects in there listed off in a way that shows how they're going to drive modal shift. It won't do that. Spoiler alert. But the Wisp, I know a lot of people who are working on the Wisp, actually. it's I have hope, but given what we've just heard, that hope is going to get turned to ash when the document ends up in front of Treasury and Treasury start hacking at it with a big red biro. So that's the Wisp, the whole industry strategic plan. We've got to wait. We're probably going to get that in, in, in 2023, frankly. So here we are, more yakka yakka, and they're saying, uh, oh, trains, many services remain diesel-powered and cannot run frequently enough to give a turn-up-and-go service. That's that's what HS2 is going to enable again. Yes. Uh, here's the here's the the government agreeing with the National Infrastructure Commission's analysis that there are better opportunities to better serve. There are opportunities to better serve existing city centres and wider city regions for greater economic benefit. Except that's flawed because of the analysis in the NIC's document being flawed. Um, the future may be more uncertain from COVID, which means we need a more adaptive approach that can respond to the trends we see. No, we don't. We need a more adaptive approach. We need to think about what we're going to do. We need to deliver that. We need to decide strategically what we're going to do, i.e. double rails capacity by the middle of the century. Then we need to develop an infrastructure plan that, that actually enables that. They have not done that at all. Uh, this is painful. Here we are. Proposals for Northern Passage Rail are being made, which would cost many billions of pounds more than the alternatives for, in some cases, little additional benefit. Only someone who has a deep and fundamental misunderstanding about the, rail, rail, the, rail, the, the way that railways work could come up with such a ridiculous statement. And then again, here we are. The, the National Infrastructure Commission's Rail Needs Assessment, which has informed this plan, yep, 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 found based on the information, they're just not, they're not looking at release capacity. Um, and again, this fundamentally, this is why this document says what it does. Beyond what could be afforded without a major impact on other infrastructure investment. That's not true. What it means is, Without government borrowing, and I don't want to use the word borrowing because it's not true. Without government deciding it's going to invest in more stuff is what is, is the reality of the situation. Uh, WISP stands for the whole industry strategic plan, Matt. More fundamentally, though, those plans were going to take too long to deliver. Communities in between the major cities were in some cases due to see little gain and in some places a real worsening of their services. Again, fundamental misunderstanding. The whole point is that those the government's decided not to get involved in what those plans should be. It's not because HS2 didn't deliver them. It's because government was not getting involved in actually defining what those benefits should be, what the plan, what the upgrade plans, you know, what basically buying more trains and writing a new timetable is what they should have been doing. They didn't bother. Again, they're agreeing with the NIC's flawed analysis. Worth pointing that out. Uh, what do we got? Avoid disadvantaging existing passengers. What? By rebuilding huge tracts of the existing mainline network. What? Um, uh, here we go. Da, da, da. Government has sought to learn lessons from previous failures. Uh, yes. Uh, what were the recommendations? The recommendations from the NIC were, let me remember, to improve stability for the supply chain, to have more for the supply chain to have more confidence in what projects they're going to be. Okay. So what they've decided instead to do is take an adaptive approach to investment. What that means is they can say yes or no at the drop of a hat. That's what adaptive means. It means we can cancel it and, and, and it's fine. 
allowing the program set out in this plan to evolve, i.e. get even smaller, in the light of future demand and cost information, i.e. get even smaller. That's just a get-out-of-jail-free card to cancel even more of what's uh, within this plan. Um, I, I highlighted this because this is just a hilariously confusing typo. Setting out a core pipeline of commitments now, recognising that other potential future... I mean, I presume other potential futures exist, maybe? Uh, other project... I don't know what they're saying. So, this is where it gets into cash. The IRP is committing a further $54 billion of spending on rail uh, above the money being currently spent and committed on, on HS2. Um, except that all of that, as we'll see through this, is basically just projects that should have been uh, happening and have been kind of broadly proposed by Network Rail anyway. Oh... Yeah, Toon Shorty, exactly. My local line, the Time Valley, has three trains per hour, but two of those are fast, uh, fasts that stop at no more than a few stations and then wonder why everyone drives. Zero plans and ambition to uh, improve capacity. Absolutely. Um, right, where are we? So this is, again, yeah, this is backing up what I was uh, assuming was going to happen at the start of the week, which is that the NRC's plus, uh, kind of baseline plus 25% was what the plans were going to end up being. In fact, I said this in last week's Real Natter, and precisely that is what they're saying. They've gone for the baseline plus 25% for the regional connectivity. Uh, so again, they're talking about like this this idea that the, the existing plans uh, precluded better improvements to local rail, which, as all of us on here should know, is fundamentally not true. It was a massive enabler for there to be great improvements in in local capacity. Under previous plans, there have been little improvement, and in some cases, a worsening to services for places along the East Coast Main Line, such as Newark, Retford, Grantham, Wakefield, Doncaster, and for those along the existing Transpennine route line, uh, lines, such as Huddersfield and Dewsbury. Under our proposals, they should see no reduction in frequency. Uh, best of luck with that. Uh, no chance. Again, they're, they're just basically actual small stations that serve people, serve local communities. Essentially, this plan assumes they don't exist. It just assumes they don't exist. Possibly because Gilligan brought up a rail map that didn't have them on it. Genuinely. Um, right, so here's our map showing the, the fact. And, and this is a theme through the whole document. This document is obsessed with journey times. It's obsessed with journey times to the exclusion of almost everything else. And we'll just see that uh, here. So there's, there's a little uh, bone being thrown here. Uh, and I, when I say bone, I mean, like, basically to make people to stop pestering them. A little, a little like, further development, inverted commas, about what they're going to do from Birmingham towards Wales in the southwest. Further development between Sheffield and, and Leeds. Well, yeah. But already you can see the problem here. What we're doing is entrenching all the same problems that we have with the Midland Main Line and the East Coast Main Line, which is that the East Coast Main Line is actually a bit rubbish in terms of its, its major city connectivity south of Doncaster, and that the Midland Main Line is rubbish basically north of, well, it's, it's pretty rubbish north of, um, uh, north of like Loughborough, but, it's pretty, it, it, but it's, it becomes uh, really bad north of Darbados. Uh, and basically north of the East Midlands, the Midland Main Line is rubbish. It's weavy, and then north of Sheffield, it's just a complete... Not that there is no main line. There is no sensible main line that actually connects Sheffield and Leeds. So this is just entrenching that, um, just enhancing and entrenching that problem, which is great. So what else have we got? Let's see. What's this? Map one journey time, post RP journey times, and uh, post RP journey times across the North and Midlands. Again, fixated on like journey times, totally the exclusion of everything else. Development of the integrated rail plan. Right. This is the bit where they talk about how they developed it. And it's like, okay, this is this is this is lots of blah. Some more blah. Lots of, like, regional productivity. Yeah, I wonder why regional productivity is bad in Yorkshire and the, and the Humber and, and the East Midlands. Ah, oh, I, I know what's good. Uh, let's just pass over poor Northern Ireland here, which has, 
obviously like catastrophically low transport investment. Um, but anyway, you know, in terms of England doing, and 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 Scot, well, Scotland's doing all right. Wales really not great. So Wales, okay, fine. But this is the this is about the East Midlands and and this is about the Midlands and the North. So Yorkshire and the East Midlands really not in a great state. Wonder what that might be. Hmm. So there's lots of waffle here, which is why I've not highlighted it in yellow. Lots of waffle, waffle, waffle. Percentage of people commuting by number of days per week. Uh, you can see kind of most people one to four days, uh, then kind of five days for some people. This is sort of from recent travel studies. So that's kind of, yeah, fine. Six or seven days, crikey. You don't have to do that, folks. It's fine. You should only be working a five-day week. Ideally, we'd all be working a four-day week. Right, so that's just data, data, data. It doesn't, it's not, I've, having gone through that, none, none of this is relevant or interesting to anyone here, really. So, okay, here we go. So they, they've got Okavi, and it reads, a lot of this reads like they've misinterpreted Okavi, but not, you know, okay, fine. So there's, there's kind of understanding what stuff is going on and feeding into Okavi. Um, terms of reference were released in February 2020 off the back of the NIC Real Needs Assessment document. Um uh, so that's everyone kind of inputting into that uh, as well. Uh, also getting muddled, also coming muddling, muddling the water with the William Shapps uh, revival as well. Also, there's the Union Connectivity Review, 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 review. Plenty of stuff for consultancies to get to keep their keep their um, hands keep their hands full. Anyway, the National Infrastructure Commission's Rail Needs Assessment for the Midlands and North. So there we go. This is just showing how much this influenced it. Um, and as we know, this is this is a sort of deeply deeply flawed document. And then the idea of developing an integrated railway for passengers of freight users, well, yeah, that was kind of the point of, of HS2, is to enable a more integrated existing network that serves particularly freight users. Uh, commission recommended focusing on upgrades, which is like straight back to where we were in the early 2000s, where we decided we didn't want to do new lines, we were going to just do everything with magical upgrades. Um, prioritizing regional links, well, they're not. That's the whole point. This doesn't. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of the way that high-speed rail works is why they've done that. So, so this is kind of the, the packages. Anyway, right, so this is the different packages of it. And we, and we you know, the, the 25%, we talked about this last week, didn't we? What are we seeking to achieve? Well, okay, yeah, this is just waffle. This is just a load of sections saying what's good about rail. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, leveling up, blah, 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 whatever. Decarbonisation, well, yeah, the fundamental thing from driving modal shift is that you improve capacity, but they're not intending to do that, whatever. I've highlighted this. Um, they have an anticipation here that the IRP's greater use of city centre stations rather than the parkway stations, basically this is talking about Toten, uh, should reduce wider operational carbon emissions by connecting better to local public transport networks. It won't because by sacrificing local services, which are the services that communities can use, you're going to reduce the appeal of the wider railway network. Beeching made exactly this mistake when he failed to... Here he is behind me. Here he is behind me. This isn't a beeching klaxon because I am referring specifically to the flaws within the reshaping uh, of Britain's railways um, report, which is that he fundamentally misunderstood the way that people travel. He assumed that... Um, uh, by getting rid of local services, people would still choose, they'd drive to a station, then they'd hop on a train. But by the time you've got someone in the car, they're going to drive the whole way. This is assuming that the parkway, yes, some people will drive, people do drive to railway stations, by the way, and travel. That does happen a lot for commuters, particularly. It doesn't happen for long distance, but it does for commuters. A lot of people, lots of the stations that I'm talking about, intermediate stations, do end up having full, um, they do end up having uh, full car parks. Um and people commuting in and out. Agbrig is a, a sandal. Is a, a sandal and Agbrig is a good example of that. It's, it's quite. It's got a huge catchment, um, and a lot on the car park and all the local roads get full of people parking up and getting the train into mostly Leeds, sometimes uh, south to London, but mostly it's into Leeds. By sacrificing those services, you're making that worse. So where that is happening, uh, you're sacrificing that. 
And then also by having city centre stations, well, people aren't, they're, they're coming into the city centre, but where are they coming from? They're, they're not, a lot of people are travelling from the outside the city where the house prices are lower into the city, and those people rely on local services, which you're decimating. Genius. Uh, efficient delivery, yada, yada. Okay, this, this is just a load of nonsense about the Proposed portfolio. So here we go. This is talking about what's happening. Um, this is funny. The National Infrastructure Commission's advice and the, and the government has taken a network-wide pers network perspective in reaching decisions. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, so here we go. So this is a little waffle. Economic uncertainty. Well, this is just them going, eh, we can't spend any money. Um, while some corridors would benefit from new lines, as this is interesting. This is a very interesting little paragraph. Um, right, so this is talking about freight specifically. While some corridors could benefit from new lines or significant upgrades to existing infrastructure which provides additional network capacity, these interventions must be planned in an integrated way alongside passenger services. Right. This additional capacity could deliver reliability and connectivity improvements for freight operating alongside passenger services. So this is, this is sort of a, a, a gentle admitting that freight is... that freight's taken a, a back seat in this process, firstly. So they're kind of saying, well, we kind of thought about freight, but we're kind of not thinking about it so much. And then it's also admitting that additional capacity is good for freight that they're not releasing. Uh, brilliant. This is like a bit of contrition here. It's like, actually, they're sacrificing freight capacity. Because, by the way, I've talked about local services, but obviously if you're clogging up the railway with fast services that are creating huge gaps in the timetable that you can't fill with anything because those trains aren't allowed to catch the thing up in front of them. That means less freight as well. So uh, Maggie, you're kind of a bit optimistic. Maggie Simpson, Rail Freight Group, you're a you're trying to see look at this optimistically, but it's not good. I, I, this is not a good document for freight. This is a big hit for the freight industry. A lot less capacity being freed up. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to put a picture of a freight train, but actually what they're proposing is going to wipe out some of the perceived benefits, the potential benefits of, of particularly the Eastern Lake, because a lot of freight in, 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 in GB comes, as we did last week, uh, talked about last week, it comes from Immingham, it comes from Felixstowe, and requires capacity release on the existing network, on the particularly on the east of the country, to then get elsewhere, through to the Midlands, up to the north. That capacity is going to be wiped out by these the fact we're going to have faster trains on the existing network. So it's, going to, it's, it's just bad news for freight. So here you go. Here's the, the the core network of what's being proposed as part of this. So you can see that there's the, the little spur of fast that they're going to propose up to Warrington and across to uh, undisclosed location. There's the we're pretend you know there's the further development potentially in the future happening north of Sheffield. Um, there is clearly no intention to proceed with the 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 existing fast route that was going to segregate one of the most critically short capacity sections of line which is north of, on the middle of mainland north of derby um a lot of it is then going to be put on leads to birmingham going over the, the the pennines which is going to further constrain capacity there um and you can see this total disconnect there's a total disconnect here coming up to leeds yorkshire uh you know just broadly west yorkshire is totally disconnected and then up to newcastle totally disconnected from the midlands totally disconnected just utter it's so frustrating that connection of uh yorkshire you know west yorkshire north yorkshire the northeast totally disconnected from the midlands uh you know from the east midlands from derbyshire uh and from of the west midlands as well really really not great so Here's here they're tactically not talking about journey time improvements as but you know, obsession with journey time improvements. 
Um, also talking about frequency, and, and notice the word potential, frequency improvements for fast services. This is, this is another thing that they're talking about. You know, are we going to run even more fast services? Well, you know what that means. We're talking about this is this is like be, this is this is a scale of sacrifice of local services like we have not seen since the sixties. Oh. Um, right. So the Western leg, not much to say because it's being delivered pretty much as is. Uh, there's going to have there's going to be an enlarged six platform surface station at Piccadilly. Um, uh, they're they're going to include they're they're saying that the the crew should include the Northern Connection to allow services to kind of. Um, yeah, so that's so that, that trains can call at crew and rejoin HS2. So that's kind of good in a way. Actually, it's generally kind of broadly not bad news for um, for the Western leg. It's pretty much being delivered as required. Uh, the Goldborn link is not gone, but the but the Union Connectivity Review is going to consider alternatives to the Goldborn link. The Goldborn link is the name of this bit, connecting north, uh, basically connecting HS2 back into the the. Um, the West Coast Main Line, bypassing Warrington and providing capacity up there through Warrington. Uh, get rid of that, and obviously you hit Warrington pretty hard. So ideally you have that, but there's, there's more bones to throw in that direction in a moment. So I'm going to skip through this because, frankly, it's not it's not key. But here we start understanding why they're talking about their big, wonderful capacity increases. It's because they're talking about capacity increases on the existing railway network for the fast services only. So that's for the fast services only, they're talking about treble, wonderful trebling of capacity. Uh, well, that was proposed anyway as part of HS2. So, so great, wonderful. Then they're talking about trebling seat numbers between Liverpool and Leeds. Um, eight tra fast trains an hour between Manchester and Leeds. Good grief. Uh, they're going to have to do some serious work on the on the existing line where they're not, up, where they're not paralleling it to, to achieve that. And the only way they'll achieve that is by sacrificing and potentially closing a load of local stations. So, so there's the worst possible situation, you know, worst possible outcome, uh, long term. NPR allowing inverted commas direct high speed trains between Leeds and Birmingham. Again, using that long distance leg. Who was it who's suggesting that was a good idea? Well, you're on the money. Uh, not suggesting it was a good idea. Sorry, suggesting that was what government were going to do. Uh, yeah, there's not going to be a Manchester Hope Banhof. Also, trains are going to run in and then run back out. It's not a through station. It's going to be a terminal station. Um. In fact, we get to that. So this is saying there's going to be um, sort of 14 trains an hour, I presume, in both directions uh, calling at um, uh, the expanded Piccadilly station. Such a station would operate as a turnback, which is common in city centre. This is very funny. Uh, some of the busiest through stations on Europe's high-speed networks, um, including the main station of Frankfurt, Stuttgart, Zurich, Milan and Rome, operate on the same principle with hundreds of high-speed through trains each week reversing in their platforms during their journeys, except that several of those have got massive metro systems running through them for high uh, that, are th that are through not turn back stations and um, that also are being reconstructed to provide through platforms that is a very funny paragraph there was a huge thread about this that was quoted by um uh yeah uh it was a big twitter thread talking about how hilarious this was government stacking it again, you know authors of the report stacking it again based on evidence, current, evidence currently available the government remains of the view that a combined hs2 npr surface station is the right solution I disagree. Um, actually, I think if you go down here, the key there's, there's some several key fundamentals. One of them is that it'll cost more. It'll cost at least four to five billion pounds more than a surface station. Yeah, but that's fine. Just spend that money. You get a better outcome. <laughs> Just spend that money. Of a project, you know, of a hundred billion, increasing that by two percent or three percent or even five percent is not a big deal. Just do that. Uh, the key thing here, delay releasing adjoining plots for development. 
compared to the surface station, if you went for an underground station, this is key. It would impact on the oversight development benefits. Boo-hoo. Right, anyway, let's skip through all this. Yes, crew, Northern Connection, that's fine. That's good news. That's, but it's, it's kind of as it should have been, so I'm not dwelling on that. Right, Goldborn Link. <clears throat> um, the, the Phase 2B Western Lake design includes a Goldborn Link. Fine. So they are progressing on the basis that Goldborn Link will be a thing. But the Union Connectivity Review, which is Peter Hend is chairing it, um, it's looking at stuff. It's it's trying in a desperate bid to to reverse the fact that the Union, you know, the, the United Kingdom is going to have broken up within ten years. Um, right. So let's have a look at this. In relation to the design of the Crew Manchester section, government notes that there is a strong case for the connection to West Coast Mainline north of Crew to resolve capacity constraints, which result from mixture. Now, the reason I highlighted this is because, look, oh, they've worked it out. They've got it, briefly. For a brief flash of a moment, they've worked it out. To resolve the capacity constraints which result from a mixture of services using sections of two and four track railway. If only they'd paid attention to their own words. And the number and mix of passenger and freight trains, including some services calling it intermediate stations, means the two-track section of the West Coast mainline between Winsford and Weaver is heavily congested, which leads to reliability issues. Go. Oh, that sounds um, like what I've been saying, ranting away. Who's written this bit then? The scope to path fast trains through this section is limited by the different timing requirements north of Preston, when trains need to be sequenced into another order to address a different set of capacity constraints. I'll tell you who didn't write that. Gilligan. There it is. That, that, that's, what we've been, that's, that's why none of the rest of your plans work. That paragraph. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm going to have a drink of water. How are you all doing in the chat? Oh, it's 8 o'clock. That didn't take long. I'm only halfway through. I don't know how long this is going to be. 200 of you watching. We're going to hammer through. We're going to hammer through. Right, okay, okay, okay. Right, so hammering, hammering, hammering. Yeah, okay, some, some suggestions. Da, 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 da. Seating capacity, HS2. Yeah, this is indicative of that leap that you get from HS2, right? So, yeah, fine. Western Lake, it's happening, right? And I've highlighted stuff like tripling capacity viable choice they're saying on the eastern leg they're a viable choice on the balance of new line and upgrades no, they're not anyway right hs2 phase 2b eastern lake a, lo a lot of this stems from the fact that there is a, la a huge lack of realized potential on the lines that they're saying they can run faster trains on this is kind of part of the problem uh anyway yeah so uh there's there's york again uh don't, don't get your hands off lovely york get out of my station wrecking up the place right hs2 east core network again look you just see the gap it's it couldn't be more stark on this on this uh on this map here i love they're still calling it hs2 east it's like no you're building a, a little spur here and then you're shortening it so that it doesn't go where it needs to go it's ugh. uh right so anyway blah 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 yeah we've discussed all this i'm just hammering forwards so uh oh Oh, that'll do it. So it's not synced. Thanks, uh, thanks, Dropbox. To be fair, my computer has been uh, desperately trying to do things, and so this is clearly uh, not synced. That's fine. We can go through. It's got rid of all the yellows, but so the, the east network, the, the the core is that they're going to base. It's going to be the, the connection up to Parkway, uh, south of Parkway, is going to be based largely on the existing route, other than where it will kind of kink a bit and go southwards to connect up to the the middle main line. They're talking about inverted commas completing electrification of the middle main line up to Sheffield. So as far as Sheffield, um, going to Nottingham as well, they're not going to connect it through, you know, da 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 da, da. Um, So this is saying, oh, look, it'll give Sheffield and Chesterfield almost exactly the same journey times to London. Hooray! Everything's fixed. Taking forward an ambitious, ambitious package of further investment on, uh, 
on the on the East Coast mainline. All the stuff, by the way, this is all stuff that the East Coast mainline kind of needs to happen anyway. This is funny. They're talking about increasing maximum speeds up to 140 miles an hour. It's worth saying that you need to, if you to, to refer back to the how do you speed up trains rail matter, in order to get the um, in order to get about a minute or two of, of, of journey time benefit at 140 miles an hour versus 125, you need 22 miles of 140 mile an hour railway. You cannot increase speeds up to 140 miles an hour on the existing East Coast Main Line for that many miles. There are only two stretches where I think it works. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting some foxes here, but there are only a couple of stretches on the East Coast Main Line where that actually is viable. It's, it's viable. One of them is north of Skelton Junction to Northallerton. Uh, the other one is uh, further south on the uh, kind of Stoke Bank, the fast bits down there. Those are the only two bits. Everything else is too weavy. You know, you've got limitations in sort of uh, signaling systems, in limitations, even if you change signaling systems, you've got limitations in, in, in track geometry. So uh, that's already dubious. It's also worth saying that there's a lot of, I've got to be careful because there's a lot here that um, Nigel Harris is going to go into in his comment. It's a pretty fiery comment that it's going to be going into, um, into, the, next, uh, into the next rail magazine. So everyone should get Rail Magazine for that because there's a lot of juicy details. So I, I don't want to second guess some of that stuff. But um, yeah, uh, problems, lots of problems. Lots of very clever people who've spent a lot of their career trying to eke stuff out of the East Coast Mainline know a lot more than Gilligan or anyone who's written this document about how little you can get out of the East Coast Mainline. Anyway, right. Um, allocating 100 million to start work, 100 million quid to start working the West Coast Mass, uh, West Yorkshire Mass Transit System. Um, also notice what they put out of bold and to look at options on how to take HS2 trains to Leeds. So no, that 100 million isn't for West Yorkshire Mass Transit. It's for developing the mass transit system and for developing uh, how to get trains into Leeds. So mm, that's pretty cheeky. Tracy Brabin quite rightly was picking up on that uh, falsehood, that uh, that denial. And there's, there's, there's the totem thing. The totem thing is bollocks. It's a delivery subject to significant private sector investment. Ah, so it's not happening. Right, okay, fine. And also the whole point of total it loses its value if it's just a if it's just a station out on its own, out on a limb it, it loses a lot of its value. Rationale and alternatives considered. Oh golly, um, Selby diversion on the East Coast Main Line. Uh, yeah, that could increase. Uh, the thing is, it's got a lot of only with quite. Yes, you could run it faster, but you need to do like. Uh, you'd need to be relaying tracks and potentially increasing the distance between this, the track center lines. Whereas in other places you can get 140 without, you know, without readjust the, 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 the track geometry, whilst the alignment is set for higher speeds on the, on the subway version, unless there are some shorter, kind of, well, they're, they're fairly long straight bits, but not, not that long. Um, the issue is that on the curves, you need to, you would need to reset the, the transitions and that potentially means a bit of, a bit of sluice. Whereas this is kind of referring to what you can do as, as, as quick, easy wins, as it were. So, um, da, 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 connectivity, yada, yada, Midlands, yada, yada. Further north, however, local leaders have made clear that a key priority... So this is a bit of where, like, the government's going, it was you, you told us you wanted to have the Trans-Pennine route, and so we can't do that, and east, so we're sacrificing east, the east, eastern leg so that you can get your fast bit, and then also not deliver the whole fast line anyway. Uh, cost increases seen on HS2. Yeah, they're saying we, we, uh, key priorities, better east-west links across the Pennines. So they're sacrificing HS2 east for that, and then they're not delivering that either. Um... Uh, government has concluded it's right to consider alternatives to the current plans given that cost increases so this is basically like money 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 size of different markets and more but this is just bollocks uh, unlike the west coast mainline there remains potential to improve journey times and further increase capacity in the existing network for example lengthening intercity east coast trains to up to 12 cars 
Oh my god. So I was I, I worked on uh, King's Cross remodeling, and I can tell you how much of a nightmare it was to provide passive provision for twelve cars on maybe a couple of the platforms, not all the platforms. Twelve car trains on a few of the platforms. Um, those have been those were essentially dismissed as not happening by the by the signalling design. So the signalling will need to be redone coming out of out of the station to enable those, I think. Uh, that might have been revisited again because the signalling changed a lot through the process of the project. Uh, but also, 12-car trains, do you have any idea how hard it is to extend platforms on any of the other stations that those trains will call on on the way north? It was an absolute nightmare to extend to allow 10-car trains in places like Durham, Nathalaton. Uh, uh, Newcastle, is, it's, it's, it's to extend to 12-car and all the signalling work that's going to be required for that is nightmarish. Absolutely nightmarish. There's a lot of questions come through. Shall we answer some of these questions? Um, Brian Thompson. Worth saying, five MPs at Leeds, all Labour, most in South Yorkshire, Sheffield Labour, whereas Nottingham uh, and Derbyshire are mainly Tory. Funny that, yeah. This, oh, this is hugely port barrel. This is massively port barrel. Absolutely. Uh, Richard Smith, I'm looking forward to private sector investment bringing us the Peppa Pig interchange. No way could civil servants ever deliver that. Lewis Bergen, a few MPs west of... Uh, a few MP west of... Uh, understandably unfavourable for HS2 in general. Can you state how much this benefits the, the Western region? Uh, the West Coast... Uh, uh, Lewis, reword your question. I'm not quite sure what you're saying. Uh, David Shepard, 14 trains now reversing at Manchester. Sounds like it could be 28. Perhaps they built a through station. Yeah, not... Uh, well, yeah. Gordon is saying uh, the new PPI. Well, indeed. Uh, Richard is saying, I've seen the argument the TFN asked for too much. Now, bollocks, did they? That's just the government's excuse for uh, not delivering what is, let's face it, a marginal increase. Forget headline costs. You don't write a check for these projects. It's how much is spent annually. And so you're talking about an increase, a tiny percentage increase on annual spend. And the reality is that we're not delivering these things much quicker anyway. So it wouldn't represent any additional spend annually. <laughs> this is the thing that's crazy. These projects, the, the, the scope reduction is not going to reduce how much money is spent over the next 10, 15, 20 years. They're just rejiggling it around and delivering it in worse ways. When actually, as we know, and as my slide that I'm going to end this presentation on, as we know, government needs to be spending £12 billion more a year on transport alone to deliver its own net zero targets, right? So we need to be spending more a year, a lot more. <gasps> Jermaine, got to go now. Love that I have you, Jermaine. Uh, yeah, catch it later. Uh, see you on Matt Reed. How much planning and cost will be involved in these new plans? Well, this is it. Lots more design, lots more planning, lots more delays. Uh, billions more will be spent on design, uh, changing, you know, and, and a lot of billions will be wasted on design that are now going to be put in the skip. And then if any of those get revisited, those will need, um, uh, yeah, if any of those are getting revisited, those will need to be redone anyway because the surveys will be out of date and stuff will have been built and people they'll need to be kind of go through the legal process again anyway um ambient wave is there any hope a future government can build out h2 and npr in full well yes because this won't have become law and won't become properly defined uh by the time there's another, another general election so the way to get those back is to is to vote these uh, twats out uh lewis bergen sorry in short how does hs2 help anyone west of paddington Ah, okay, yeah. I've talked. I've talked a bit about this. This is a bit of a segue, but it's useful to to to, to explain. Um, actually, should we get a map up in the background so people can look at maps while I'm I'm doing this? Uh, no, because we're going to need to talk. I, I still haven't talked through this, so we need to kind of go through this. Right. So, um, one of the benefits will be that the that that Bristol can benefit from 
having a quicker connection northwards by interchanging Great Western stuff at Old Oak Common, which frees up capacity for Birmingham to Bristol local services. So you get a benefit on that on that route up the kind of up the seven in that direction. You get a local benefit because you can start relying more on long distance services going via you know, interchanging at Old Oak Common. Um, but no, there's more needs to be. You know, this is not. There's still a, a major load of work needs to happen. Ideally, HS2's Y would have been an X. You'd have had an extension down from Birmingham towards, uh, you know, splitting. Uh, ideally, a new tunnel under the Severn to allow uh, r- massive repairs to the old one for starters, and then to to enable a fast connection through to South Wales and to the southwest. Um. Uh, I mean, to, yes, Clear is not good old Keir is not uh, ideal but he has said that he would deliver and okay the trouble is Keir is yes you've said that but you've also reneged on every single promise you made before you you know while you were running up to become leader of the Labour Party so it's very difficult for us to trust Keir either so not ideal but no there's a much better chance of this being delivered under a Labour government it'll never be delivered under a Conservative government because you'll have a Conservative Treasury I'm not saying a Labour Treasury will be any better hence why we need to abolish the Treasury but there's certainly more hope um if Labour get into power in the next uh, election, May 2024, is that enough time to reinstate the Eastern Lake? Yes, it is, because I, I would expect them to run on a ticket of reinstating those projects. I'd expect that to be a major part of it, getting the buy-in from the likes of Burnham and, and Braben. Um, and also Sheffield as well. Uh, right, so here we go. Let's, let's, let's continue this, because we're, we're halfway through. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, fine, okay. There's a load of nonsense. So... Consideration of alternatives, Westminster to East Midlands, they, they, they've considered upgrading existing lines and they've discounted that they're going to build a new line. Fine. Total regeneration, yes, they're considering that there's going to be a, a hub in the middle of halfway between Derby, oh, halfway between Derby and Nottingham. Um, the government appreciates the level of support for regeneration plans based around a high-speed station at Toton. However, uh, we're going to sack it off. That's that's basically what they're saying. Updated analysis suggests that requiring passengers to change might impact on. Yeah, but it doesn't include. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, the original plans for the, the inter, for total interchange required significant investment in local transport links to serve the site. Well, yeah, including the reorientation of large parts of these Midlands rail and public transport networks to centre increasing on Toton. Well, yeah, because the East Midlands, the problem with the East Midlands, it's a very disparate, split up, kind of very dis- high density, but quite spread out and, and, and un- it's not hugely centralised, it's quite clustered. So reorienting the rail network to work like that, to bring everything to a hub, actually makes a lot of good sense because then you can really enhance, it, it made strategic sense, hub and spoke. Obviously, this has now been shredded by the government and they're saying, oh, we don't want to do that. Uh, we're not going to do that. It was unfunded. Yeah, because you didn't fund it. Stop claiming that things are unfunded as part of the current plans. You've made the active decision, government, to not fund it. You have been in power since 2010. Anyway, you not not you lovely lot in the chat. Um, So, right. Therefore, intend to take forward other improvements at Toten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've sacrificed it all. Uh, we're clear that the generation and the effective transfer, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. One of the points they pick up is that Toton wouldn't have realised its capacity benefits until 2040. And to an extent, that's true if they'd staged it in the way they had. But they, this is one of, the, one of the issues with HS2 being a big hit project is it wasn't designed in such a way that allowed better staging. That is true. But this is something that you, if they had included junctions to Derby and Nottingham, they could have treated this a bit like what they've got now. They could have treated as an interim state and then built the extension through to Toton for the for the the longer term aspiration. They could have understood, but but Treasury would not let them build things that they're not going to use. Treasury's already been very upset at the idea of Hansacre Junction being retained. So 
we just we just we are obsessed in this country with shrink wrapping everything to the absolute minimum and, and not minimum viable product and as the point is out last week not to minimum viable product the minimum electorally acceptable product um, before you can really get called out right so here's the direct nonsense thing so this is saying around 26 minutes faster to nottingham from from derby nottingham they're saying look it's faster isn't that wonderful and they're saying, oh, it's, it's um, you know, Birmingham to Nottingham, great. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, but the point is that you're achieving that through sacrificing any local capacity whatsoever. And then they're saying London to Sheffield is the same as original plans. Well, Sheffield's connection to H2 is crap. That was, the, 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 the Meadowhall should have been, there should have been, as, as there was a, a, an East Midlands hub, there should have also been a South Yorkshire hub. I, I didn't agree with the proposals for, uh, for HS2's proposals to, to tie in Sheffield because it, it sort of sacrificed Rotherham and, and Doncaster. I'm a big fan of hub stations and, and there being a hub station with a, an improvement of the existing network to provide links to the hub. Um, but, you know, alas, it, it happens. All, what I'm describing is just what happens in London. People get the tube to the to the main station. You know, they sit in the tube 25 minutes. That's fine. And then they hop on, they interchange, they hop on the, the long distance train. All I'm suggesting is that and, and London's transport network works very well. That is the model I'm proposing works for some of these hub stations elsewhere. Anyway, uh, serving Leeds, York and what they mean is not serving Leeds, York and Northeast England. So so da, 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 capacity constraints. So so this is saying that these would have been accommodated at the expense of existing services. No, no, no. They would have replaced the existing services where HS2 was running. And yes, again, not ideal. And I've advocated for new high-speed lines north of York as well. Um, well, north of Nathalaton connecting. I suggested providing proper segregation on the lines between York and Nathalaton. So a pair of high-speed fasts and a pair of regular fasts. Um, and then connecting off, and I, my my logic would be that you'd have a line that would then go up through, coming off, go through, you'd have a hub station at Thornaby serving Teesside, and then that would connect up back to the line just south of Newcastle, uh, and they would provide a bit like a Trent Valley lines, kind of bypass the East Coast Main Line. That's not costly, that's what I think should happen. But yeah, granted, that was a challenge north of York, uh, well, north of Colton Junction, actually, that there would be a, a challenge with mixing capacity but basically you just use the same pass that high-speed trains have been using already and then you do the upgrades to you do basically kind of what they're proposing now on uh, north of york the idea that hs2 they're constantly doing this they're constantly conflating ah but hs2 didn't have that it's like yeah but you propose those now why don't you propose hs2 and these things you're proposing why not do that um and so you can see they're, to they're, they're talking about increasing capacity lengthening trains no mention of intermediate services you know um so talk about journey times, cutting journey times from Darlow, Northallerton, Durham. Yeah, but, but but those only because there are no intermediate stations on the East Coast mainline north there. Like what, what's happened to Thirsk, for example? I'm interested to know what's happened to Thirsk Station in terms of its its services, the the services that it'll have. All about journey times, total sacrificing of the idea of 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 the you know the links, and also it doesn't mention there's very they're very tactically not mentioning the the journey times between Leeds and Darbados and 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 they're relying on Leeds as we've said relying on Leeds to Birmingham being via NPR which wipes out capacity on the other side. Uh, here we go, East Midlands to Leeds. Uh, we'll do something about it in the future. Is basically what this says. We will look at the most effective way to run HS2 trains to Leeds. We will look at it. They're going to look at it. We already have it. It was in a. It was a designed plan. There were there were like outline designs ready to build. Oh, not ready to build, but ready to be advanced into detailed design for this. You cancelled them. That was the best way to arrive into Leeds. Mind blowing. Uh, the mass transit system. Uh, just to reiterate, this is not promised in this. Um, uh, yeah, this is this is this is not promised. This is just. Uh, oh, we might give you this. We're going to give you some money to study what it might look like. They are not promising the West Yorkshire mass transit system. 
This is not being promised in this document. Don't be fooled. Um, also worth pointing out, a lot of these journey times that they're referring to here are not viable. They, they, don't, they, they will never exist. They are not viable to be achieved on the existing network. Like they, They're claiming them constantly, hugely optimistic. Several very experienced uh, timetable planners have looked at some of these, and in fact, there are a couple of threads on Twitter and have shown that they are not possible, that they are not achievable on the existing network. So, so this stuff is all kind of either partially or in some cases entirely fictitious. Now, these are the capacity things that we're going to look at. Um, oh, look. So here you start understanding what capacity, even even for the existing network, they're going, oh, we're going to double capacity. Yeah, 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 but HS2 is planned with triple capacity. You know, this is, this is, so that's London to East Midlands, but then it starts looking catastrophic. London to Leeds capacity is basically going to be about where it is today. Look at this. Look at the state of this. And this isn't even looking at existing network. You know, this is not looking at intermediate capacity. Even long distance capacity is being obliterated by the lack of the eastern leg. You know, it's just, and this, this the fact London to Sheffield is kind of exposed by the fact that the plans were crap for Sheffield. The, the HS2 plans were crap for Sheffield. Um, yeah, Lewis points out that none of these plans give any indication of improvements for disability, accessibility, or, or rolling stock strategy. To be fair, that's slightly outside the scope of this. This is looking kind of at the, the high-level timetabling and, 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 and the infrastructure required to deliver that. Yeah, they're not looking at accessibility. Um, yeah, Jamie Bailey. Yeah, this is a very good example, Jamie. I'm a Thirsk resident, and I'm continually frustrated by the lack of a direct connection to Darlington two stops up the line, let alone Harrogate, Ripon, etc. Fat chance of that now. Yeah, exactly. Jamie is making exactly the point of the problem with these plans. Think about people in Slough, people in Outwood, people in uh, Belper, Duffield, Matlock, uh, which isn't which isn't intermediate actually, but it's it's a, it relies on trains running up the intermediate line. Any local services that are either on these lines or indeed rely on trains that connect into those lines are going to lose service. They're going to either lose service, lose stations. Um, it's catastrophic for them. And at no point is this acknowledged within this document. In summary, they, we consider that our plan is best. Well, we get that by the fact that you've been shouting about it so much. Right, Northern Power has rail. I'm going to hammer through this because um, the plans were less... Uh, we can revisit this later. I think we may be going to talk about this more. The plans were less defined anyway, so this isn't so much of a step back. So I'm actually going to whiz through the Northern Paris Rail stuff um, very, very rapidly because I don't. It's not. It's not quite the. Yes, it's a betrayal, but it's not a cancellation of something that's already well defined. It's got all the same problems we talked about, and it makes all the same mistakes. I think I'm not going to dwell on it because I don't want this to be a super, super long one. I want to end this at an hour and a half, if I can. So da da da. They're sacrificing the new build ones, but I think what's key is that the they're the different options. And it's only a, it's only about ten or fifteen billion quid more to build the the whole new thing, which is again, as I've described, not a lot of money. We need to be spending twelve billion pounds a year more on transport in this country. So again, it, it's it's the priority. The government's this is this is Sunak. That's why I put Sunak at the top of the list of most most powerful. He's a, a, a cut and dry neoliberal, and he wants to spend as little money as possible. You know, he wants the state to be a small and as uh, uninvolved in, in, in investment as possible. Lots of waffle. But you can see here uh, what they're proposing, which is uh, this sort of... They're not, they're not clear. They're not exactly clear about what the line is going to do. Also, the fact that they're basically going to rebrand Transpennine Route Upgrade as Northern Powerhouse Rail, which is criminal, because uh, Transpennine Route Upgrade is a necessary upgrade of the existing infrastructure that would allow 
a suburban an S train S ban type service to then run on the on that existing line. You need that upgrade work to happen now to then allow freight and and, and these fast services to run uh, and these uh, stopping fast stopping suburban services to run amongst each other. Um, they talk about Bradford and why they're um, proposing what they're proposing. Bradford, the, the solutions, the, the proposals at Bradford, even the, the the best case scenario NPR solutions at Bradford were not perfect. Um, but anyway, right. So Bradford is now just getting nothing, absolutely nothing at all. In fact, the whole this whole side of the country is getting nothing at all. There's a nice train. Yeah, what is it? Three three one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, lovely. Three three one 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 one. Um, uh, the three options all were low to poor value for money. Well, they're not because again, they won't have modelled the potential for release capacity on the existing network for suburban services. They won't have even considered those. So then they weren't low to poor value for money. It's just that your modelling is shit. Like that's the problem. <laughs> uh, web tag is unfit for purpose. Burn web tag. Northern Paris Rail. What if what the government proposes in the IRP core pipeline? Right. So forty miles of new build between Warrington, Manchester, Yorkshire to the east. Of standard standards. They're saying to the east, but are they basically just counting the like a reconstruct, you know, reworking of the inside the regular standard tunnels as, yeah, I, I, I'm dubious and skeptical. Upgraded and electrified conventional line. Well, that should be happening anyway. Why is that part of these plans? TRU is supposed to be electrifying over the network. Um, significant improvements to previous transpennant upgrade, including electrification of the whole route. That should that was part of the original TRU. It's not that's not an upgrading. That was part. You announced it over ten years ago, like ten years and, a, and two weeks ago. You announced the electrification of the whole route. So no, this is not uh, upgrades and electrification leads Bradford section called the Valley Line. Well, fine. Again, arguably that should be happening anyway because it's a very busy uh, certain section of railway. Reinstate over Warrington Bank Key Low Level Station. Uh, okay, fine. That'll be fun because it'll involve rebuilding a station, which I've just been well, my colleagues and I have been working on rebuilding again uh fine that should be happening anyway and it should be part of a new fast line through to liverpool a uh, new alignment that's gone future possibilities and they're kind of imagining some magical stuff that's never going to appear uh da, da, da. basically a load of rubbish they talk about hull look hull's got mentioned hello hull um As noted by the NIC, again, they, they get so close, they get so close, and then so far. As noted by the NIC's rail needs assessment, problems of slow, unreliable services and commuting capacity issues may have contributed to restricted growth in the north and surrounding towns. Now, what causes that? Ah, oh, yeah, a mixture of different services. Ah, no, what they're going to do is improve long-distance end-to-end services. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. This is the problem with considering, like, Manchester leads trains as regional trains, not long-distance like intercity trains, like Transpennine Express should be considered as an intercity franchise. Not a, this is part of the problem with our rail network is that we, uh, you know, if it doesn't go to London, it's considered a second class sort of service. Really is true. By the way, this is not an anti-London thing. Remember, as I ranted about in my video, the stream I, I guested on last night, um, London is also getting its rail network decimated. Like it's also having its funding cut left, right, and centre. Like this government hates London as well. Don't don't think this is because they love London and hate everywhere else it's not true uh oops uh leeds new york overall approach is rubbish fine again a lot of the stuff they're proposing on the east coast mainline is, is sort of stuff that should be happening anyway uh, and, and has been proposed by network rail I'm, I'm gonna just push past this um because there's a lot of do you we can maybe look at this again in, in a future episode about npr because I think there's an NPR episode in this. I'm going to focus on this sort of... There's the recovery task force here about Manchester, but they're not going to actually consider what's happening. What they're going to do is cut services through there. Um, they're, they're considering, uh, like, 
there's a little bit of like, well, maybe we'll think about some other solutions that will happen through there in Manchester, maybe. But it's all maybes. It's all like, oh, maybe. The plans were on your desk. There was a a Transport and Works Act order. They're ready to be signed off for the extra work. Government is not like the hero in this by just ignoring those and deciding they're going to do something, cancel them and do something better. <sighs> Manchester to Leeds and Bradford route choices. Using, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So fine, fine, fine. We know they're going to use, they're going to run in back out again. There's not anything particularly insightful in any of this. Uh, they're being, again, it's like, oh, upgrades, like sort of electrification and, and various bits and pieces. Well, this is funny because the line between Leeds. And Bradford via New Pudsey is already electrified, I believe. So uh, they're asking them to bring forward electrification. I, okay. Uh, messy. Lots of... I might, like There are electrified lines between Leeds and Bradford. I, I might not have quite got that specific one, but this report definitely refers twice or three times to lines that are already electrified as getting electrified in the future, which is very clever of them. And then they're sacrificing the connection into Liverpool Station as well, it's worth saying. So rather than previously, there was going to be a new expand, a new line running into Lime Street uh, and, and an expansion, a kind of an underground or, or an adjacent expansion of Lime Street for that. This isn't, that's not happening. So again, sacrificing potential expansion of local capacity. Uh, Manchester Sheffield, again, £1.3 billion were supposed to have finished being spent by now on the Hope Valley to improve the connectivity. Hope Valley is not perfect by any means, but again, sacrificing the fast line right the way through and sacrificing the eastern leg sacrifices a lot of this. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's, it's more pain. Pain, pain, pain. Lots of, this is just lots of excuses and cop-outs, by the way. Lots of excuses and cop-outs. We're not going to swing through this. It's all sacrificing. Some of this goes into the detail. Like you can go through the detail of what they're specifically proposing, but to be honest, it's worth just going get download the report and pick through it. Um, so they're going to talk about extending the current four-track railway so it ends just north of the Thousand rather than just south of the station. So they're going to rebuild the Thousand station. Well, that's kind of been needed to happen for a long time. I don't quite know how they're going to do that and make it work, but anyway. Oh, look, it's uh, Nearsborough. Very nice. So, Fine. All about speed, nothing about local capacity. Um, really, really problematic. Right, and the Midlands Rail Hub, fine. This should have been happening anyway. I'm going to literally whiz through this. Oh, that's all they've got on the Midlands Rail Hub. They're saying, yeah, it's going to happen, great. Except they're kind of not. They're saying, y y let's look at the possibility it'll happen again. Oh, freight. So by increasing capacity and capability of the railways for freight, the IRP, well, are they doing that, though? H how are they doing this? The IRP will help freight capacity in parts of the existing network. Will it? How? For, for long-distance fast services, maybe. Um, so they talk about the fact that it'll create joyous extra capacity, but of course, they aren't considering the fact that actually what they're proposing will reduce capacity. Um, it's just, I just I find it mind-blowing. Right, so I talked about the fact that they, right, thing to bear in mind, they've said this is going to be delivered before HS2's plan, this is going to be delivered before HS2's eastern leg would have been delivered, right? They're saying that. Before the mid-2040s. Key thing we're going to look at Ignore these. Yeah, 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 whatever. Keith, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. That's not interesting. Skills, capacity, well, they just sacrificed, they just sacked several thousand people as a result of the Eastern Lake getting chopped. Uh, so, great work. They just sacrificed several thousand other jobs in diminishing the scope of the high speed line across the Pennines. So, also, great job. Investment pipeline, well, you just told us that you're going to turn everything into being adaptive. <laughs> adaptive approach means you're not going to have a pipeline. Ah! Right, uh, consents. There's some stuff about if you're curious about your whether your home is safe uh, or, or whether you're going to still get um, co uh, compensation, then this section's for you. Disruption, well, 
as we've described, this is going to result in a lot more disruption to the existing network. Of course, they don't say that. They say we're reducing... They talk about the motorway network over and over again. Look, we're reducing the disruption to the motorway network. Its interfaces with the existing rail network would also mean meant significant disruption. Well, yeah, but enhancements to existing lines, of course, also generally bring disruption to the existing railways, passengers and freight users and railway neighbours. Full stop. So there's like this, this, this paragraph is insane. They, they say HS2's eastern leg would have interrupted the motorway network, would have disrupted the motorway network. Boo. Uh, so now what we're going to do is instead massively, massively impact and disrupt the, the railway network. We don't care. That's essentially what that paragraph says. This is just talking about government's stupid. If anyone wanted to know what what you're, if if you were trying to work out why electrification of the middle of the main line was it was a speed project, well now you know. Uh, these are all the network rail initiatives that they're uh, bringing forwards, whilst also, of course, uh, making eight thousand people redundant in network rail, which is great. Uh, case, stu- I don't care about your case studies. Here we go. This is the important bit. So twenty twenties, twenty thirties, HS two phase one and two. So this is the western leg. This is where they're saying, right, wait a minute. So the HS2 West East Midlands is finishing delivery in, in when? Oh, that's the mid-2040s. Didn't you just say that it was going to be quicker than the Eastern leg originally was going to be? All of their stuff about early delivery is bollocks. Here in their report, they're showing they're going to finish delivering everything by the mid-2040s, which is when HS2's original plans would have been finished fantastic absolutely honestly amazing the fact they've got away with this good grief uh thoughts on 140 mile an hour east coast mainline catastrophic bad east coast mainline should never be 140 because it means increasing the gaps between trains particularly between stopping and non-stop trains which means less capacity dreadful idea um so they're saying oh look what stuff we can deliver by then and then they list off things that should have been delivered anyway and that were planned to be delivered by then as if that's a magical success. Early upgrades... So East Coast Mainline upgrades were supposed to happen anyway. Transpennine route upgrade is supposed to be happening anyway. Electrification of the middle of mainline was promised uh, in 2012. Sheffield to Manchester work, well, that, again, was supposed to be finished in 2020 or 2021. All of this stuff, by around 2030, is stuff that was supposed to be delivered anyway. By around 2035, uh, the, the completion to crew... And then some upgrades on the East Coast Mainline that, again, should have been happening anyway. By the early to mid-2040s, which is when the high-speed 2's eastern leg was supposed to be finished, they've even written it. They've written it out. That they're going to have finished all, this, all the stuff that they say. So that connection to the East Midlands is going to be finished by the early to mid-2040s, which is when the whole thing would have been finished as previously planned. Absolutely, honestly, mind-blowing that they've, that they've got away with this. Absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, right. Anyway, how will we deliver the integrated rail plan? Well, adaptive approach means they're going to cancel. It means they can cancel it if they decide they want to. Efficiency means just making it ch- everything cheap and cheerful and, and making it not fit for the future. Uh, this bollocks about overspecification is just made up. I don't know where they've pulled this from. Uh, responsibility for delivery. This is this is about them stripping powers from. This is the hint they're going to strip powers from transport for the north. Um, sponsor. Da, 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 right. Lessons learned to date. Well, you haven't learned anything, have you, fools? Ah, okay, fine. There's some nice pictures of stuff. Future reform, right? Yeah, don't care about that. Conclusion. Uh, Frankly, the conclusion is dismal. So that is why I'm very unhappy about that that report. And hopefully I've made it quite clear 
hopefully I've made, having, having gone through that at a fair old pace, I hope that that was, it's clear why it really was a betrayal. It's clear why that document is awful, cynical. Um, it is a betrayal. It's full of spin. It's full of errors, fundamental mathematical errors. It's full of hopelessly optimistic uh, projections for journey times, ignoring the impact. There's no mention, not a single mention of the impact this is going to have on local services. None at all. Which is why I keep saying, contrary to all the claims of reversing beaching, what government are actually doing is is enacting beaching in a way beaching could never have managed to. Um, they are sacrificing local services on a scale that is unfathomable. And it's just, they're just going to be allowed, they're just being allowed for it to happen. So there we go. This is my um, uh, this is my gif that says. It's my gif that describes how much extra funding is required. Twelve billion quid extra, um, of funding is required, to achieve to achieve the current government's own net zero um, targets. A lot of you are asking, what the hell do we do now? What do we do now? You speak to local MPs. You speak to local journalists. You speak to councillors. You speak to everyone who you, you you write them letters. You use the information I provide. The, the information other people provide. You get involved in local campaigning. You but you absolutely critically. You write to your local MP. You write to your local councillors. You write to local journalists to say, look, local journalists. Um, I think you should be investigating this story. This is a betrayal. This is why it's a betrayal. These things are said in the document that uh, I think you should really be uh, holding government accountable to these claims um that's what you have to do and you have to talk about what is happening at this what does this d report do to my local station what's it going to do to thirsk what's it going to do to marston what's it going to do and be and, and and challenge government to be specific to say and also say you but you cannot achieve this without doing this you know absolutely challenge them oh anyway right let's get rid of my face and let's go to the end thanks everyone for that that was a page turn it is it is dismal it is so frustrating. Um, uh, yeah, if you want a bit more of a broader discussion, definitely go. Actually, you know what? Can I can I do this in Can I do this in the next five seconds? I don't I don't know if I can. Can I do this? Uh, possibly. Let me just right. I'm, I'm waffling because I'm about to go uh, into. Oh wait a minute. Where is it? Yes, this. Uh, no, you didn't hear anything. It's fine. Um, I want to do this, and then I want to go to uh, you. YouTube uh, thumbnail downloader. Lol. I, I, I promise you, uh, this is a good idea. What I'm doing right now, because it's going to let me. It's going to let me advertise. Oh, what's this? this, this I, don't, I, I want the. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, ah, there it is. Good. Uh, good. Uh, copy image. I'm getting there. I'm editing on the fly here, folks. I'm editing on the fly. Uh, there we go. Copy that in there. This discussion, which I'm about to bring up. Good. Yeah. Fine. Right. Grand. Oh. I'm back. I'm back here. So, uh, audio only. Yeah, the audio's up. This, 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 I think we're up to date. If, if you're having issues with the, um, if you are having issues with the, uh, with your stream, with your normal um, podcast provider, please, um, please let me know. Like, tweet me or, or, or email me or whatever. Uh, Railnatter at garethdenster.co.uk is the, is the email, by the way, if you want to contact us via email. Um, but Discord also. If you have any issues with the audio, let me know and I'll try and work out which platform is not maybe updating to the correct RSS feed. Um, as always, thank you to the Patreon supporters. You're all wonderful. You allow this to happen. You provide me a lot of support. A lot of nice messages coming through saying thanks and, and keep it up and 
chin up and, and all this good stuff, which is very nice. Thanks to all of you supporting me um, for your Patreon, patreon.com slash Gareth Dennis. Um, the merch, of course, uh, masket.co.uk slash collection slash rail natter. Um, thanks, Masket, uh, providing the fun merch, the good stuff. Uh, penny Pennies via PayPal is always welcome. It kind of looks like the kind of looks like the PayPal logo is a bit low on that. Anyway, uh, my dimensional eyes are anyway. I don't. I'm getting distracted by graphics. Don't worry. Oh, um, PayPal.me slash Gareth Dennis to chuck pennies at me, and then Discord is at GarethDennis.co.uk slash Discord. The stream that I was on was um, it was uh, it was great fun. It was a really good stream. I. Um, I've done it again now. It was really good uh, fun to appear with... Uh, where are we? We're going to... There we are. Yes. It was great to appear with um, with Bowler Hatman uh, on uh, Bowler Hatman's channel. Go and go on to that um, video. Bowler Hatman's... Uh, what is it? It's Bowler Hatman uh, on... Yeah, you go on to, on to Bowler Hatman's channel and... Um, yeah, we it's it's covers all sorts of politics. But it was actually quite a good wide-ranging discussion on, on sort of why this is happening, uh, how it's being allowed to happen. Yeah, uh, it was a good stream. Go and um, go. Uh, oh, John Aberton. I've just come in, but thought that uh, I was excellent on World at One last week. Thanks, John Aberton. Yeah, there's, there's a quote of me. I, I've, I've recorded a bit of that from earlier. Um, so, yeah, go. Uh, the, and it says NRP, but it should say NPR on the thumbnail. Don't worry about that. It's fine. Uh, that's here. Uh, it should say NPR, but that's fine. It's because the IRP, there are so many acronyms. It's horrific. Oh, next week, it's not buffer stops, folks. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's not going to be buffer stops. We need to talk about railways versus leaves because I think it's worth us talking about Salisbury, Salisbury a bit. So we're going to talk about railways versus leaves. We will talk about buffer stops as well. I think the interim report was released for the, the Enfield buffer stop collision as well. So that'll help delay the buffer stop episode. But no, we're going to talk about leaves. We are going to talk about leaves. Uh, yes, I will add a link to the other show in the comments when I, when I finish. But it's in, it's on my, if you go to my channel... Um, and, and and go to guest appearances, it's on that playlist. So you, you, you should be able to find it easily, but I will add a link, yeah. Uh, yeah, next next week, episode 90, Railways versus Leaves. In, uh, the next in the in the long uh, sub-series of Railways versus something. Um, yes, uh, it, was, it was fun. So, oh, big face. Hello, everyone. That was, um, that was a bit, that was a bit painful, wasn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit sad, exhausting and frustrating. <sighs> yeah, um, it's 2042. It's gone on long. Thank you so much. Everyone's disappearing off um, already. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. To all the 165, 168 people who are still watching, it, it, it goes up and down a little bit. Uh, thanks for sticking with for the last five, ten minutes. Um, it's a pleasure to have you all along. I'll see you for a hopefully more interesting, uh, or a hopefully shorter and, and more uh, technical and less political episode. But um, until then, oh, until then, I will see you all. Memnonia, leave it out. Oh, leave it out. I see. I thought you. I thought you'd call me out, Memnonia. I was like, what have I done? Right, you lovely lot. Go and have a nice rest of the evening. Uh, take really good care of yourselves. It's a bit of a depressing time out there. Um, I will see you all very soon. I think Dina just came in. Did Dina just wave in the background? <laughs> bye everyone. Bye bye. Cheerio.